Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Hooked, a show about addiction within the Muslim community. We will explore stories of addiction and recovery from within the Muslim community, talk to experts within the addiction field. We will also explore addiction and recovery from an Islamic perspective. Alhamdulillah, welcome back everybody to our fourth and final episode of Hooked. And we've been on a journey throughout the last three weeks uh, looking at addiction from different angles. And now we've arrived uh, at our last week where inshallah we want to try and tie things up and also focus on um, the future now. So look at where we would like to go. So today, I, uh, for this uh, episode, I have uh, Sister Nassim uh, from MCAS, uh, who's back with us. Uh, MCAS stands for Minority Communities Addiction Support Services, and um, they're doing work uh, helping, as you'll have heard on the last show, helping um, families and people go through addiction within the BME uh, community uh, within Glasgow. So. Basically, where have we got to so far? You know, in the first episode, we looked at, um, we, we talked to a person who had recovered from addiction and about how he got into it and then became addicted and got back out of it. Uh, in the second uh, episode, uh, we, we, look, we, we continued with some stories of family members who were affected by um, addiction. So we met someone who, we talked to someone who's, who'd lost their brother, unfortunately, due to uh, addiction, may Allah uh, grant him genital fiddles. And then we also talked to uh, Dr. Afan Jahangir, um, who is a consultant psychiatrist and also an imam. And he was able to give us, you know, how is how is it people become addicted and what's the Islamic point of view on it. And then we also covered um, in the later uh, later on in that episode, we also spoke about to, you know, people who had grown up with parents that were addicted. And then on last week's show. Um, we talked to people who were working in the addiction services, so that's when we spoke to yourselves from MCAS, and we also spoke to um, Elizabeth, who had worked in many different um, addiction services. So, inshallah, today we know what we're kind of looking at. So, Jazakallah khair, Sister Nassim, again, for giving us some time. And we're going to divide this up, so maybe what we want to first look at is what are the sort of outstanding um, issues within our community uh, when it comes to addiction, what kind of things could we say, right, this is still an issue, you know, moving forward things, where can we find gaps or where more work needs to be done or things need to be further developed I think one of the first areas is obviously recognising addiction and saying it's happening, it is a growing problem it's not going away, families are being t- torn apart and um, like I said on the last show, it's not just one person now in a family. You know, you can have three, four, five generations in a family affected by addiction. So we need to um, be realistic and say, yeah, this is a problem and it's a growing problem. So how, how do we deal with it as a community? How do we um, move forward and say, we need to do something, we need to have something in place, some sort of um, system, some sort of acceptance. Um, you know, putting resources for this, you know, to help the families because it's not going to go away. A challenge is understanding addiction, and that was one of the ideas behind this show, was to try and um, put it out there mm-hmm. and let's talk about it, let's uh, explore it, 
um, so that you know sometimes we have misconceptions and uh, and we can through education we can get rid of those ignorances and we can clear things mm-hmm. up but definitely you're right that um, moving forward there still is so much of a greater need yeah. to actually understand addiction yeah. it's very misunderstood it is. Um, which unfortunately if you misunderstand it then you're going to find it very difficult trying to help someone um, or like we've found out throughout the programme we've talked about examples where you can have the right intentions want to help someone but maybe through misunderstanding you can actually make things worse you can actually but, enable a person you know yeah. I've, I've had many young mothers you know whose um, young boys are 18, 19, 20 and they're not going to school and on a Friday you know they, they tell me oh the boy goes out my son goes out and um you know, he comes home early hours of Saturday morning, he's absolutely paralytic with either drink or, um, you know, he's heav- heavily under the influence of um, drugs. So, well, where does he get the money from? She says, well, I give him £50 every Friday, you know, or £100 every Friday. So, it's like, well, why do you do that? They do it to appease them, to keep them happy, but that money then is being used on different things. Yeah. And it's, a, it's about trying to help the parents understand and family members understand addiction, what enabling is, and... Um, um, what constructive help and support can be within the home? Yeah, okay. So, so we've got we've got about three things at the moment that I've noted down. Right, it's about creating more understanding mm-hmm. of, of addiction, and also having something in place to support uh, families family that are mm-hmm. family members of those who are going through addiction. Yeah, and also I would guess that having support in place for the person themselves who's going through. Yeah. Uh, the addiction, yeah. So we 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 kind of agreed upon mm-hmm. yeah. uh, upon that. What else do you think needs to be looked at? I mean, I, I'm thinking like um, as I as we spoke about earlier on off air that prevention is much better than cure. Definitely, you know. Definitely. So mm-hmm. so uh, I mean, I think there has to be a lot of uh, focus put into preventing people becoming addicted, yeah. which is. Education, 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 education. Education, yeah, working with um, young groups of 12 to 18 year olds while they're in schools and um, whether it's in a, a Marcus or a community hub, you know, weekly classes to um, help the youngsters to understand what addiction is, you know, to look at their own behaviours if they are facing problems and speak about any issues that they're going through in their own life. Not everybody has, you know, um, um, a perfect life, you know, every child goes through something, it's hard enough to be an adolescent and um, look at all these issues and address all the, these issues but then having other problems, family problems, on top of that can be quite difficult for a young person and that's when a young person, if they are vulnerable, can or tend to, um, to experiment yeah. and it's when they experiment, you know, some some take it further and it can move on to the next levels, so it's about education for the youngsters and also a place where they can feel safe and talk about whatever's going on in their life. So okay, so that would be um, yeah part of the preventing um, people getting into uh, addiction. And then when someone is addicted, now you're trying to put in the support now to to help those people. Mm. So I mean, at the moment, like going through all these weeks, you know, that we've looked at addiction, especially within the Muslim community, we've. We we've found well basically we've found that there are a lot of services out there and there are different services that are the yeah. addiction services. So there's no shortage of that. Yeah. Whether it's through the NHS or other charities or organisations, there are there is 
there's no um, shortage no. of, of uh, services. Where we found maybe there is a problem is that the BME and the Muslim community are maybe not using those services as much as others, or they're feeling that the services are maybe not not as adequate because it doesn't take into consideration their culture, the their thinking, language, yeah. and yeah. their own issues, um, and it, and also the religious point of view mm-hmm. that that Muslims might come at addiction with, which might be different mm-hmm. from um, the mainstream population that's outside. Mm-hmm. So it also comes down to, you know, Western organisations and BME communities. If um, if you can't relate to the person you're supporting, how how can you support that person? the best of your ability. There is language problems, you know, there's issues around stigma, labelling, cultural barriers, um, religion is a big part of it as well. So um, to have a service which can relate to that person, that individual, is a great bonus. And again, if you can't communicate with somebody, you know, how can you support that person? Yeah, no, definitely. So we could say that um, definitely there's, I know like, there's more need for BME and Muslim uh, organisations or people to get involved where they can actually be of extra help because of their added insight yeah. into the religion and the culture and yourselves obviously user that that's what yourselves mm-hmm. were set up for um, you know trying to be that bridge between um, the addiction services and yes. the Muslim or the BME community, the BME community. And, that, and that's what you know you're doing and that's and that's great but when they actually get into the the service um, maybe that's something that we have to look at. Mm-hmm. That how can we ensure that um, Muslims are either using it or you know Muslim Muslims that are addicted and their or their families that are suffering are actually benefiting from those services. Mm-hmm. You know, and what and what does that mean? What does you know, that mean for them? Yeah, what does does, it, yeah. does that mean that you know we uh, as Muslims should be getting into the addiction services and I being the workers, or does that mean? Um, educating the Muslim community to, to use those services? I think it's a bit of both. I think, you know, um, education, open communication with our, with our, we as a, a community, we've got a responsibility, you know, to look after um, the communities and the people and also, um, you know, to uh, to make sure that we have the people and the resources and to continue this work. Yeah. I'm here today, my team is here today, but we need to expand on this. We need to grow the team because the problem's growing, so we need to have the numbers, yeah. you know, to um, to be able to deliver the services. Yeah, no, definitely. So, so we're getting, uh, alhamdulillah, we're, yeah. we're managing to get through, and this is the idea that just through this discussion we'll build up a better idea. So, so okay, we've, so we've got a list of things here, right, mm-hmm. that, 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 things that need to be done. And we, we also mentioned, which is probably the next part, which is, how can we manage to achieve this? So you said like, so for example, when it came to uh, education, right? Mm-hmm. We said, well, you had said, why not have weekly classes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or somewhere, a place where young people can, you said between 12 and 18, which is like secondary school yeah. age, yeah? Going into uni or, or, or further education mm-hmm. or employment. You were saying, right, okay, a place where they could come and talk about just any issues any, that we Any want. issues, whatever's going on in their life. Um, a safe place, you know, where they can, without judgment, in confidentiality, say, this is happening in my home or this is happening at school. You know, I've, whether I've lost a friend, you know, you know, through death or my mum and dad have got divorced or somebody's doing this to me, you know. 
somewhere where they can come and um, and speak to somebody without the fear of being judged. You know. N- do you think that would be that would be good in the form of like maybe a youth club? Um, well, we've got a couple of um, youth projects that have started in and around Glasgow, and that that's what we're aiming to do to to make sure that the young people reach their fullest potential within our communities, so they don't get to eighteen with four or five years of damage before you know be, you know behind them. Yeah. So um, you know when they when they come to eighteen and whether they go into college or employment, they're stronger. You know they can deal with all the they've dealt with the issues and. Um, you know, be um, um, a contributing person within the society. Yeah. Now, um, for example, like if we were to have these, um, say you want to call them weekly classes or youth mm-hmm. clubs, or I don't know if that youth club is maybe going a bit too far, but having these weekly groups or something where they can get together and uh, can talk openly. Openly, yeah. So It can be one-to-one, it could be group work. Um, the element is fun, you know, to keep yeah. it fun, keep it lively. So more um, of a youth sort of a youth yeah, club sort yeah. of uh, setting would be appropriate yeah. for that. And it's totally away from school. It's totally away from parents. This is their place. And one thing I do want to add in is, once we have these um, groups established, it's all about um, the the youngsters taking lead. It's a youth led organisation or it's a youth led project where they can have an input because we as um, older people, you know, we think well he might need ABC, but they can have a voice and say no, actually, we want to do ABO. Or see, yeah. you know, so to give them the choice, give them a wee bit of power, yeah. and to say, you know, what do you want to do, you know, um, and and take it from there, and hopefully, um, you know, to um to put a, um a structure in place where they have support, and it can be a couple of hubs around Glasgow, um, that they can link into wherever they're living, so everybody's got equal um, um access to any of them. Yeah, so I mean, how how do you think that could be achieved then? So 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 how would we what do you think is a good way to go about it? What would we need in order to do that? Well, A, we need funding. B, yeah. we need premises. And then C, we need people to run it. And then obviously we need the help of the communities, you know, to um, you know, to bring the children of that age to our, see, to our projects. Yeah, see, I'm thinking, like, the, the three things that you've mentioned, right? Funding, premises, and basically volunteers, mm-hmm. yeah? So, I mean, we've got no shortage of them in the Muslim community, okay. right? Um, I'm just thinking of, like, for example, like funding is one that, okay, that would mm. be a fundraising, we could manage that, right? There are people that are happy to give in charity mm. and to spend. Now, what I'm thinking is that places like venues, we have so many Islamic centres, mosques, Muslim organisations, mm. both based within a mosque and outside of a mosque, that have premises, well, we need you to know, start using these resources then. Yeah. yeah, so I'm thinking it's a bit of maybe sitting down together as a community with other people and going, look, um, we would like to set up, you know, a, a, a class uh, to deal with these issues. This should be like a youth oh. club. Now, we were looking maybe on these days or these times, mm-hmm. who's got a place available, you know, that, that, yeah. that we could use, you know, rather than having to go and, you know, hire somewhere out or... Um, buy a premise or build a premises. Look, there's lots of premises already here. You know, who'd be happy to um, mm-hmm. allow us to set up a little club here? That's it. And then obviously they've got their own resources. We can tap into them and work together. You know, we've got uh, so many different communities in and around Glasgow to, you know, do do different events, do different things. So the children, you know, they, they get a broader outlook as well. Yeah. 
Okay, and going on to like uh, volunteers, um, we talked about this off mm-hmm. air about you know actually building up because obviously you need volunteers, right? People that are happy to get involved, and as we've seen, like Alhamdulillah, even among the Muslims, there are a lot of people that will volunteer. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. and not just Muslims. People generally people will volunteer their time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've not got the money, but they've they've got the time. Yeah, people will give different things. Some people will give money. Mm-hmm. Some people will give time. So we've got people who. Um, would probably happily say, you know what, I wouldn't mind running the youth club. Yeah. I wouldn't mind um, being part of the support uh, that you offer families or that you offer addicts. So my next sort of thought would be that they would need some sort of training. They would need, uh, first obviously the PVG disclosures, you know, yeah. to go through uh, the PVG scheme and then training and then they would be co-facilitators so that would be the the right way in and also ongoing training as well yeah you know co-facilitators and one once at a certain stage um and then it can go from there they can then become mentors for the next person and it's about using the people from the community for the community yeah and and that's the best way for anything to work yeah you know because we have got so many skills like you said people have got time people have got passion for this kind of work but it's not an area generally in our communities where people normally with addiction yeah. you know, and, and behaviours and certain topics um, don't tend to work in. But, but, but it's something that, I mean, you can choose at which point you would like to be involved. So, for example, if you're a person that maybe doesn't want to be around someone who is addicted, mm-hmm. which, like, I wouldn't have a problem with that from my background. Neither I'm happy would to. Yeah. You wouldn't have a problem with that. And I've said I'm mm-hmm. happy to volunteer my time. Uh, to help anybody out if, yeah. if there's any space uh, you're needing anything done please let me know but that's only for the early intervention we've also got women's groups yeah and we do women things and that's another area that i think is quite important and that would like be involved we, within women addicts and also families yeah family members you know yeah. mothers sisters you know um um wives you know for for a place for them yeah to um to have some time to themselves and learn new skills and make good positive and I'm sure, connections. And I'm sure, like, so for, for what I'm thinking is like, okay, there is the, the work, the working with a person who is addicted, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit challenging, mm-hmm. but like you said, me and yourself, we're not, yeah. we're not kind of phased by that. that that's, that would be okay, we're happy. Through our exposure mm-hmm. to it, we're happy to work with people like that. There are other people who can volunteer in the prevent of prevention course. side, which is you know working minds, with yeah. working with mm-hmm. the, the the younger community in education and stopping them getting to that stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm sh- and I mean, who wouldn't be happy becoming a youth worker? Yeah. But then having the the the, the training to be able and the to support to continue delivering yeah, it. and and to, and to help prevent people from becoming addicted, as well as I'm sure there could be many other things that we could yeah. cover w- within that. Um, and then going on to uh, what you were also mentioning, that being support for family members of people who are addicted. So whether that is male or female family members, but so you're not directly involved with someone one who's taking group, drugs? Yeah, not just one group. Yeah, so you know, I mean, so, be many groups. So, so people could fit in at different, you could volunteer for different places. And yeah, a person can start off in one group and then move on to a different group as they pro- progress, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's having that community hub in different places where they've got the choices to do that. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's so that's good. We've kind of we're we're getting a clearer picture of maybe where we would like to move to. Mm-hmm. And the idea for all you listeners out there that are listening to this, that you're not just uh, listeners, but we want to get you involved, involved. as well. 
Um, so the whole idea is that of this series is to eventually get our Muslim community more involved in uh, support um, for people in the community, whether that's prevention, whether that's helping people that that's family members are going through addiction or the people that are addicted themselves. We want you uh, guys to get involved. Yeah, we want their input. We want to, we want to hear what you want. We want to know what the community needs, and if we can hear that, um, then we, we can do something about it. Yeah. And we can only do something about it if we know yeah. what is needed. I, I, and as we've we've covered, we know that this is an issue that affects lots of people. Yeah. And okay, in our community, maybe there's a sometimes a, a sense, and it's not just our community. I mean in communities that are not Muslim as well, th- there is that sense of shame or keep things hushed up mm-hmm. or pretend it's not going on. But we know that it's happening. It's, it's clearly evident now. It should be over the last few shows yeah. um, that, we've, that we've covered. So, um, yeah, definitely we want to get you guys involved um, uh, as well. And that includes, you know, people that might have gone through the whole addiction, uh, you know, come out the other end. They've now and, recovered. And they are the and best. They are the best mentors. Or they're the best advisors. They're the best person to listen to, um, to listen to your problems because they've been there. They've been on that journey. They've been through dark days, bad days, rough days, and they've come out the other end. Yeah. So, um, anybody from um the recovery world wants to come forward and um help us. That'd be great. Yeah. No, definitely. So this is sort of where we're at at the moment. Is uh, and our discussion will continue, inshallah, on uh, how can we progress. Um, so we spoke about, uh, for example, training. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so inshallah, you're going to look into that and yeah. see if um, you could organise some training for volunteers. Yeah. So, guys that are out there, if you're interested in uh, volunteering, you can contact Radio uh, Ramadan and leave your details for myself or. Uh, for uh, the sister Nasim, and um, inshallah, someone will get back to you. Definitely. Um, I mean, or you can contact sister uh, Nasim directly through MCAS, yeah, which the you know the, and Facebook. The, the information we gave it last week, so it's available out there um, on Facebook, online, and uh, was it Nadim was telling us it was on Twitter as well now. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. he's, he's are out there on social media. So please, um, you know, drop us a message. Uh, let us know that you're interested and you don't have to have any experience even if it's just time that you've got um you know it, yourself and mm-hmm. and people will well, be there that yeah. can actually you know they'll be able to identify skills maybe inside you that you didn't even realize you had mm-hmm. uh, that are useful um i know that speaking on one of the previous shows one of the sisters was talking about how um she used to go to the aa meetings mm-hmm. and um at the AA meetings, I mean, you could volunteer to be involved, and that might have just in, that might have just involved making the teas and coffees, mm-hmm. you know. So you weren't actually having to do that anything other than actually yeah. just you know helping Both the people things. that are there. Yeah. 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 So I mean, there are so many skills, and every single one of them is important. But at the same time, there will be training coming up inshallah in the future. Yeah. So um, that's also an opportunity for more people um, to be able to. Get, to get involved, to get involved mm-hmm. a bit more, and I'm guessing for the younger generation as well, it's always good to have uh, training on your CV and that. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I think you know we need a um, a huge pool of workers, volunteers to work in these fields. You know, it's um it's a topic nobody really wants to discuss. You know, this is stigmatized. So um, let's change the way 
things have been over the last 20, 30, 40 years, because this problem is here and it's going to increase. So um, the more people that come forward, the more people that can um, be a part of it. Yeah. There are different approaches to addiction. Definitely. You know, so there's like the, the famous A, you know, mm. um, Alcoholics Anonymous, 12 Steps to Recovery, um, which a lot of people know about. But it's not the only service that's there. There are other services. And you had mentioned we, a couple. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we work in partnership with many services across Glasgow. Um, the, the community addiction teams, you know, different recovery hubs, different cafes. So we've got all the connections there. So if anybody, you know, um, is, is struggling um, with addiction, um, we can help them work out which service is more appropriate for their needs. I'm guessing that we've kind of covered the youth, right? Um, in the sense that we would have a youth club sort of thing. So that would be Early education. And yeah. that's prevention, right? Yeah. But I'm guessing another part of the education... Um, would involve people that are a bit older. Yeah, definitely because. Um, what do you think on that? On um, those lines? I think I think they do need because we don't have conversations about drugs and alcohol in our families. Um, having a conversation sometimes is a lot more healthier, you know, than just saying no, we can't do it. It's haram. This that you know. If a youngster's got questions, I think the parents need to have a wee bit of information and awareness about how to answer these questions. So you think that's something else that we could then do is. Uh, as a community, we could, we could, uh, I don't know, say run an, an open an day or an awareness yeah, session yeah. on uh, a certain aspect of addiction or whatever, and you know we could invite in either an all women's group yeah. or or an all men's group or a mixed group or whatever mm-hmm. older people maybe get some um, of the yeah. professionals in. Yeah, and they can ask the questions, whatever questions that they they have got. Um, you know, many mothers say, I my son's taking something, it looks brown or it looks white or it looks like this, I don't know what it is. You know, they have so many questions, whatever questions they've got, we'll, um, you know, we hope to, um, to, to answer them. And it's all about awareness as well. Yeah. You know, um, it's not to be scared of asking a question, you know, to have the confidence to ask that question. Okay, you know, that was, I mean, it sounds like we're getting uh, a bit of a plan here of how things might look, mm-hmm. you know, in the future if we could... Yeah. What do you think we need to do from that point of view? I think it's difficult for the person that's addicted to any um, substance in our community because, um, you know, um, it's very, very difficult with the stigmas, the traditions and, you know, the barriers that we speak about. If somebody's addicted, it's up to them if they need help. You know, it's about them, about what they want. We can help them along their journey. We can support them. They've got family issues, you know, any, any type of issues we can help. Yeah. You know, to either signpost them to a different service if they've got mental health issues or, you know, the poverty, housing, anything else. Um, but it's all, you know, needs-based, whatever's going on for that person. So welcome back everyone, inshallah. We're continuing with this week's episode where we're actually trying to talk about um, where we need to move forward to now. Um, so we had Sister uh, Nassim on um, in the first part of this episode. Um, now I've got Brother Wahid with me. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Wahid, how are you doing? All Islam, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. So some of the listeners, you might recognise the voice. This was uh, Brother Wahid who was on in our first episode. Um, and he was talking about his uh, journey, uh, which ended up uh, what's it called? using drugs and becoming addicted. But Alhamdulillah, now he's 
managing to get himself uh, together and he's doing quite well. So welcome back, Jazakallah for coming back again, man. Thank you so much, it's a pleasure to come back. Thank yeah, so, um, so yeah, today basically we're just going to have it, keep it relaxed and we just want to talk about um, what issues we kind of think are still, that still exist within our community, um, the Muslim community regarding addiction and maybe how we can overcome them. So in the first part of this show, um, I spoke to Sister Nassim, right, and um, she was talking about how um, we need to have more understanding around about addiction in the community. Um, she said something needs to be put in place for families and for people that are addicted, whether it's men or women. And she was saying maybe education uh, for 12 to 18 year olds, that would be a good thing. Um, having more people from the black and minority ethnic community within uh, addiction services would be helpful because um, they can relate more to, to, to people from the BME community. Um, so then we went forward and we talked about, right, so how would we uh, what's it called, uh, manage to uh, achieve these things and we came up with some sort of like plan. So I think she was saying that you know, if we had some sort of like youth club sort of thing where uh, kids could um, pop in and they're there to enjoy themselves but at the same time they'd kind of get a chance to um, you know, talk about different issues, so whether it was drugs or something was going on in their life. Um, and then we talked about having a, a, a sort of adult um, awareness session which would sort of educate the older people in our community. Um, and then a signposting service somewhere that people can go when they've got questions and they can point you in the right direction. So, I mean, that's just letting you know kind of what she'd covered um so what are you what's your opinion basically what do you think um th there was a question actually she asked me to ask you that was uh, she asked me to ask you that going to ask the brother that um do you think that it would have helped um having an addiction service that was either geared towards muslims or towards an ethnic minority for yourself to come over addiction or did you manage to do it without addiction service or were you quite happy just using whatever was there? Yeah, that's a, a rather difficult question for me to answer maybe straight. But I think uh, for me the way it worked out was my personal relationship with my current wife. Now, back then we weren't, uh, we weren't married, of course. Uh, for me it worked out whereby I was in a situation where I felt I had to overcome it. Uh, the dependency on, on drugs was no more no more relevant because I was socialising more, I was going out more, I was doing things and talking to more people and I felt as if I was if I was under the influence I I, I wouldn't have been able to overcome uh, the addiction to cannabis. So on my based on my individual experience I think uh, for me it works slightly differently but I think I probably would have been more supportive if there was some some sort of a, a group there where, whereby if, uh, someone within the Asian community or, or a group uh, focusing on the Asian culture uh, was, uh, was, was there for me. So I think you probably would have. Okay, fair enough. So what about um, for like uh, the community at the moment, like y yourself and myself, we know plenty of people that are um, still addicted to, uh, what's it called, drugs and stuff like that. So. Um, I mean, from talking to them, what kind of sense do you get that, um, what do you think they would need to be able to get away from this? Is there anything that you think, wait a minute, there's these gaps and they might really help if we had something uh, to overcome them? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I think uh, from from the people that I know and that, that, that I'm aware of that are still involved with drugs, I think there's a, so far as their social circle was concerned and then the support from their families, I think their families do their best to the best of their ability with the limited resources they have. Uh, don't get me wrong, we're Asian culture, we have a lot of problems in it and we are very limited in what we can do as far as the families can do because of the issues already that we're experiencing. But uh, I think uh, the, one of the main obstacles would probably be there's no motivation. So for the person that's under, under the influence, they're uh, repetitively doing the same thing again and again. The only thing they become accustomed to is that same feeling of getting high or getting drunk or, or that feeling that they get from the substance that they're, they're using. So are you saying that there's, basically, there's got to be something where I don't know if it would maybe outreach would be the right word or something, but some way that you can interact with people that are taking drugs to actually um, encourage them to uh, leave that lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the alternative lifestyle has to be more uh, available to them. And uh, when I say the alternative or lifestyle... Appealing? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, appealing, sorry. That's like, well, probably the better way to describe it. That has to be more appealing. I don't know if you remember, but in our, our younger days when we were growing up, the rebellious thing to do would be hide in the corner and smoke a joint and you know that was the kind of thing to do that was the the mischievous kind of yeah. uh, appealing thing to do it was train it was culture even at the time where i don't remember if you remember uh, terminator 2 came out and i don't remember was smoking, was a cigarette in his mouth that whole culture all of that got so it made it look cool it made it look very cool and very right. attractive okay and so you're saying that uh, or am i understanding it correctly that uh, you're saying that um you want to show them an alternative life that is still enjoyable. It's still yeah. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Almost, yeah. yeah it's cool. So, w- would that be like, okay, like, so you could say, like, well, you've got Terminator, and we talked about, like, we had the example of Tupac in the other yeah. episode we yeah, talked yeah, about, yeah. right? So, maybe not, uh, arguably, probably not the best uh, role model to follow if the guy's Definitely taking not. drugs yeah. and alcohol yeah. uh, and doing stuff, that, uh, violence and all that. Yeah. But, um, so is it positive role models? Is that what you're kind of... Or, or, is it, or am I maybe I'm going a bit too far? Is I, I think you've hit the nail on the head with positive role models. I think I just I just spoke about culture and the influence of, of, of uh, the whole idea of, the, you know, the cool and the yeah. commas, I, uh, personality. Yeah, so but uh, positive role models is exactly what I was looking for. Right, OK. So, we're looking, so we would be looking for... Um, I'm guessing... Uh, well, I'm... Or maybe we're going too far. Let's think. See, like for example, I would say like you know, the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Right, so. he's he he's our role model. Yeah. So or the Sahaba, his companions are our role yeah. models, right? And then you could say maybe the pious people that are alive today. We kind of look up to them and go, yeah. Alhamdulillah, man, they're doing good. But do you think that's gonna really influence a guy who, or a girl who is? taking drugs, you know, or is that going to maybe seem a bit far-fetched for them? Yeah, and th- there's two ways of looking at that, definitely, that, that because it's so far back and it's, it's difficult for them to relate to that, it's a jump. Yeah. But I'll tell you one other thing also, if there's nobody around them that are doing those things that, that our Holy Prophet Peace of was doing, it's even more of a gap for them. So right. when there are people that are doing it, for example, I'll use an example, when I was young, it's a personal experience. When I was going through a certain situation, I remember I, I, I met you and we went on Jamaat. Yeah. Um, for me, that was, although it didn't change everything right there and then, for me, it changed the idea of Tupac looking cool and introduced me to this. 
of a holy prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is cool. Yeah. Because you were the living testimony to me that look, this is what we can do. You know, we, we don't have to just do, you know, what Tupac is doing, that, that, that it's achievable. Yeah, you, so can, fo- you can follow your religion and, absolutely, and, and absolutely. be quite happy and, yeah. you know, yeah. successful in that if we, if we all want to be like the prophet. Yeah. So, so, so you're saying that, 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 but maybe that's a good thing to talk about. So, I mean, how did that affect you then when we, when we did go in Japan, we went to Edinburgh, remember? Yeah, yeah I remember that time in Edinburgh, it was, it was, it was an amazing time. Well, Three days, I think it was. Three days, yeah, just a weekend. It was a, it was a, a long weekend, so to speak. That's yeah. And, and, <laughs> and uh, it was a great time, yeah. I mean, right there and then, uh, obviously, I wasn't I wasn't taking any drugs at that point for those three days that I was there, but it gave me that little bit of a breather. Whereby afterwards, I did have a relapse. I did go back and I did go back into my old uh, lifestyle, but that gave me a little wee, you know, a wee knock at my door. Yeah. Whereby I did feel as if that, you know, what I'm doing is wrong. There is something far more better and more rewarding, although it's a bit more harder to do because at the start of anything it'll be hard. Yeah. Uh, and right now I want to enjoy my my cannabis, but I was, at the back of my mind I had it that this is what I want to do. So so do you think like because I, I remember taking another guy uh, with us right when he went with us to Dundee, and when he listens to this he'll know who he is right because uh, someone had said uh, this guy you know don't, don't even think of uh, taking him right. And we were outside uh, Shell uh, petrol station at that time, that's Sainsbury's now, right? Okay. So what we did is, I said, let's get him, man, let's just try it. You know what it's like, innit? You don't know. So what happened was we, we went and we said to the guy, look, why don't you come with us, right? We're going to Dundee, we're going away for a weekend, right? I think he was on something, right? But what happened was, he even he says today, he doesn't know what happened, right? But he goes, the next thing you know, he goes, I woke up, right? And I was in a car, and I looked to my left and my right, and I see all these guys with beards. And I thought, what the hell's going on? So he goes, uh, when we mm. got to the Dundee Mosque, the Central Mosque, and stayed there, uh, he said, I went, uh, and I thought to myself, yeah, I could just run away now. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> get, go back to Glasgow. Yeah. But then he goes, I went, 100 miles. These guys are just here, like, I'll just sit with them in it and yeah. see how things go. And I've got to say, after those couple of days, he went away. And the same thing you're saying, mm-hmm. it, it, didn't, it didn't necessarily change there and then, but he went, this is the kind of life that I could have, yeah. you know, and I like it. Yeah. And it kind of gave him that taste, almost yeah. like a drug. Yeah. It gave him that t- that first taste. First that, um, Alhamdulillah, now I know the brother and he is, um, well. he's getting his progression well. Alhamdulillah. You know, he's uh, married, kids, you know, working. So Alhamdulillah, he's, he's progressing. So, is that, so that is, see, there is also a, another side to this, right, which, I didn't actually intend to get one of this, but it's in, it's important, which is Tablighi Jamaat we've been talking about, right? I uh, I know that it's helped some people that are maybe like you think using cannabis and yeah. stuff, right? But I also tried it with others who were on some harder stuff, mm-hmm. and it unfortunately didn't work. It not it, it, they got the same experience and the that enjoyment that I want to do this, mm-hmm. but what I mean is they tried to do it for a longer period of time, and obviously mm-hmm. if you've got addiction issues then you start having like you know um your detoxing yeah. and that became a, an issue doing that in that sort of environment yeah. it didn't really work mm-hmm. but it's interesting that idea of you know say say we couldn't take someone on a jamaat right with a group of people to another mosque mm-hmm. because the person was maybe a heroin addict or something something quite serious yeah. but imagine if we had like a house or something yeah you know where we could say right we're going to live for a weekend here 
practicing our deen. We're going to pray five times a day. We're going to learn about the Prophet. We're going to, we're going to, um, you know, do du'a and dhikr and all the other things that you do. You know the reminders that you get. And give that experience to people. Um, because like you were saying, and, and other people, so many people have mentioned this to me, that they, that they say, you know, there and then it didn't change, but I, I thought, you know what, this is, this is where I want to get back to eventually. You know, and they, I don't know, sort of created that, this is where you could be. I call it the little knock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little knock on the door for me personally. So definitely, I think there should be something. I mean, if, if it's not the Tabriki Jamaat because of, obviously, the people that are using and the difficulties that you'll, you'll experience with that, then there should be some other sort of facility. And I think, like, the way we were discussing earlier on, about when you said a youth clubs or some service whereby yeah. young people can check in and go, you know, go there, have a laugh, just be normal and not... Uh, uh, feel as if they're being judged too much yeah. at the same time but there are religious people, there are scholars and people that can help and support them I think influence rubs off and good and bad influence will always rub off I think the longer you're around the good influence people that will, are of good characteristics you will naturally pick up on the energy and you'll want to uh, adapt to that but the longer you're it depends on your personal preference as well some people don't want to yeah. you know, uh, change and, and they will they will be resistant to any kind of alternative lifestyle. Right. So I think it comes down to personal, um, the, the will within as well. If, if, of course, if Allah, if Allah guides you, then yeah. that's ultimately what it comes down to. But in a more worldly sense, I think you have to be wanting to change a little bit as well. And then you yeah. will get it. You, you, will, you okay. will get it. The support is kind of there. But so you're thinking having that type of environment, for you, it was good. Obviously, that wasn't the thing then that caused you to change. There was a mul- multitude yeah. of things, and then eventually you met your, your wife to be. So, but for people, and I know through speaking to people that uh, this uh, going away for a couple of days and all that in an Islamic environment has had a tremendous effect. Yeah. And I mean, maybe we could replicate that in a way that um, is just for people that we're catering for that have addictions, yeah. and and that might be something good, something that we should maybe look into yeah. uh, and think about because I know that like um, you also have from the point of view of like the Sufis, Sufis and, okay. and people that are sort of into their dhikr and yeah. learning and stuff like that and um, you hear how people who go in that environment and they're, so they're not necessarily travelling anywhere but they sit in that spiritual yeah. environment for a few days um, it can have like life changing effects upon them but it's interesting it's interesting yeah, so yeah. it's good that you actually mentioned that, that it's there's nothing that we discussed in the previous part of our episode, so it was good that you brought that in. No, I was, I was actually thinking about that for a while, and, and it came to my mind there because we were speaking about it, and I thought it's a very valid point to bring up at this time because it was relevant to yeah. the issues we were discussing. But yeah, Alhamdulillah, that would be good to uh, to know how we could uh, do something. And do you think like having religious people run about, is that a bit full-on for people or or not? You know, that like I'm just trying to imagine, like, you know, a group of people that are into all these things and all of a sudden they're put in the environment of like these religious people but yeah. I guess maybe it's different on different personality and yeah uh, it comes I mean you can have a you can have a religious person that's very likable and sociable and then you can have a religious person that is uh, you just don't even want to talk to them because they look like they're going to breathe fire they're, or something they're very yeah they can appear very very <laughs> very angry in yeah. some ways or, or intolerant yeah. is the right word to use because they don't agree <laughs> with what <laughs> the lifestyle you've got so I like the way you said they're going to breathe fire <laughs> <laughs> the 
you know, we know what we're talking about. You I get, know exactly. You what get you different types of personality in it. And there the people that are very names here, but remember the most times the good fun times. Yeah, the fun times that we had. Yeah, you can get all sorts of personalities. Also, and again, think sometimes it's if you know the person as well from before they were, you know, yeah, like I knew you from when we were really young. So I think I could connect with you in a more uh, natural way without me thinking, oh, there's a religious guy here, I don't want to be religious, you know. Yeah. It was more like, it's a bad, you yeah. know. And then that grew with me more. It was like, wow, he's actually into the faith and he's doing what I can do. And when I went away for those three days, that kind of brought that into me. I'm wow, and these guys are doing something very, very tough. I think Tupac is cool. Uh, you think all of that's cool, but this is the real, this is the real life. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not doing all my prayers. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, the way I, I would be happy with right now. But it's, uh, yeah, it was a wake up call, definitely was. So no, mashallah. And I got to say, it's, uh, I mean, uh, now that we're on this, I know it's probably not relevant to the actual addiction show, but uh, that was a big thing in my life that you know, going and uh, spending time with these guys, uh, really, you know, I mean. Honestly, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like one of those things that when you, you actually go there and experience it, you come back with this brilliant feeling. Yeah. Um, just because you're in such a clean environment. And then mm -hmm. I remember going three weekends in a row uh, the first time I went. So I almost became an addict straight away. <laughs> and then uh, it was like the, the fourth week, uh, they said, like, listen, man, your parents are going to get upset. <laughs> you keep going every week, you know what I mean? Um, and then, alhamdulillah, from there I, I continued to go with them for wow. years and years and alhamdulillah, uh, it's been very Much beneficial. Better. And like you say, I'm struggling, we're all struggling, we're still trying to uh, improve ourselves and yeah. make ourselves better. So, so alhamdulillah. So what else do you think, um, so, so that is, we've got quite a few interesting points, but what else do you think would be helpful helping people uh, come out of addiction or supporting them? Uh, yeah. I think one of the more, more difficult, very complex matters would be uh, you know, family issues so far as, I mean, in a, from a community sense, if you have a, a, a daughter or son or anybody that's involved in any kind of substances, uh, you want to hide it away and conceal it as much as you can. And um, there's peer pressure applied to you, but you don't want your brothers or sisters or the child's aunties and uncles to find out, so you'll be extra aggressive with your child. Um, yeah. so so those situations so you like, so like, it's not just saying that what you're doing is bad, but it's like, not only is it bad, man, it's embarrassing to me. Embarrassing to the And people, if anyone yeah. finds out you're in, I'm you're already, I'm already not happy with you, but yeah. I'm going to be even more unhappy, the fact that if someone else finds out, because that's going to be my embarrassment. Yeah. And to an extent that can kind of be daunting on anybody because, I mean, the whole idea of taking drugs is to escape, escape the reality that you're in. So if your reality becomes even more grim, even more bleak, even more, you know, uh, downwards, then you're going to do that more Yeah. to counter that. So, so, so what would you think would be a, a, a way of overcoming that? Is that I guess it's acceptance amongst the wider society that these are things, they are normal, they happen, we need to support the people and we don't need to be so aggressive with them and, and, and make them feel as if they're so wrong. It's definitely wrong but we, we need to understand it a bit more better. So awareness is definitely, yeah. awareness and acceptance of it and people not you know, pushing their own opinions too much. and. I think amongst our wider community, when it comes to our aunties and uncles, we get that a lot. Yeah. Where your aunties or your uncles will apply extra pressure onto your parents. But probably wouldn't do the same if the tables were turned. Yeah. So I think it's got to be more acceptance and more tolerance and, and, and 
people need to just kind of you know be a bit more more accepting of it all yeah okay so so understanding that like you said it's not a good thing but mm-hmm. right this is what's happened um so now what's the best way to act so it's mm-hmm. sort of having um, the community needs a lot more education on this then. More education, you know, and, and on how to support um, people that are uh, that are going through this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm more sure, education. like, you know, we, we should be able to set up, but we've got plenty of Alhamdulillah, people that like to volunteer to do yeah. good works um, within the Muslim community, and plenty of generous people that donate towards good causes. And we've got loads of, uh, you know, facilities you know, across uh, the city, you know, whether it's masjids or other organisations, you know, their venue or, um, you know, other places that can be used yeah. So to, to, to educate people and also to engage. So, um, but training would be necessary for that, innit? I definitely think, yeah, we'll probably need some proper professional training on that. The volunteers are there, I think, like like explained, the services are there so far as the, the practical facilities are all there, but I think some additional external support from governmental agencies probably that would be probably good yeah. from even NGOs that are non uh, yeah maybe like charities or whatever that are that involved in it and, and Scottish charities as well yeah. I think they're very helpful as well because they've got the first hand experience of it all yeah. and uh, to an extent it's probably more severe in some circumstances than yeah. than an operation community I think we could utilise some support by partnering up with other agencies and charities yeah. well, and getting yeah. more broader. That that was mentioned in uh, previous discussions as well mm-hmm. um, about the fact that you know uh, the Scottish community they've gone the, they've gone the whole circle you know they they've had people get addicted you know die because of uh, have really problem big problems in the family mm-hmm. and then they've managed to now develop strategies and works because they've been through the whole cycle and now you've got people that are recovered from heroin and alcohol and everything and are having good stable fruitful lives. So they went the whole way, um, whereas maybe in the Muslim community not so much, in this country especially. So we could definitely benefit from them, innit? Absolutely. You know, by learning that knowledge, because yeah. there's no point recreating the wheel. You know, the these guys, it's the same, it's we're all humans, in it, you know. Yeah. But we've got the added uh, benefit of being able to use our faith as well. As well, that's true. Um, for the spiritual and the mental sort of side of things. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, we need to know how addiction works and how you help people recover and what needs to be done so that we can we still have to follow those procedures Absolutely. i mean just because you're a muslim it won't stop Change. you becoming ill and having to go to the doctor yeah. and get the same medicine the it's just that your your beliefs around about it and how you handle it might be different based upon your faith absolutely and the guilt may be a little slight something different depending on what your thought process is like because as a muslim you know it's so wrong so maybe that the side effects are slightly different but the pra- the physical side effects are all the same that there's but it's, nothing's going to change for the physical side yeah. effects so definitely partnering up with other scottish uh, agencies will probably be something worthwhile uh, so definitely yeah. more education partnering up with uh, other agencies those are things that can be looked at yeah. I, think beneficial. I spoke to sister nasim about that as well um from mcas uh, they're a support uh, service okay. and uh, she's actually going to look into this inshallah That's good. Uh, seeing if we can get some training for the community and get some volunteers um, to get on board, inshallah. inshallah. And she's actually saying that you know, um, the, the 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 main organisations and charities that are doing this, they're offering this training already, wow. but they can't actually find inroads into the community. 
Oh God. So, Alhamdulillah, we're we in the are. community yeah. and we're looking for training. <laughs> I, yeah, I think what it is, is everybody's expecting a magic wand to come and everything falls into place. Yeah. I think it's not going to really happen. Don't, don't get me wrong, a lot of people are making great, great efforts and this is a ma- massive drive. Yeah, but I think the more collaboration and more cooperation, I think it's there, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's there, but it's amazing that you, what you just said, that they're looking for somebody. Or, or people in, in, in these situations and here we are we're discussing whether there's any any support or help out there yeah and, and that's it sometimes isn't it? it's like you know two people wandering about yeah. and then they finally meet each other <laughs> you know it's like a love story yeah but it is it's a jeep how Allah does yeah. things so what else do you think so we've talked about um, what about family support yeah. what support um, because we're talking a lot about people who are addicted which is good, it's important. Um, What about the families? Family support, I think that's a very, very important factor that we need to take into account. I think the most important thing would be, uh, you know, when somebody is addicted to any intoxicant, the the most important thing is finance because they need to fund that addiction. So what you'll find in most cases, I think, is uh, where there'll be a, a person that's addicted, their family will be suffering some form of financial difficulty because they're always having to pay and in essence they're paying for the habit that's the reality of it in most cases I think uh, it's, it's an awkward one because can we see then we need finance or funding to pay for somebody's it's a very very difficult thing but I think it's, it has to be mentioned it is the truth but that probably is something that has to be looked at because uh, then not only is the family suffering because of uh, the financial impact it's having on them. There's a moral question of it as well. They're always, am I doing the right thing for them? Paying them to, to kill themselves. So that's uh, emotional support is not really there. And uh, yeah, I, I guess it comes into individual families and how, how their whole system is. is, is you know, uh, every family is slightly different. But I think uh, financial support for families, emotional support, counselling support, because uh, feeling in the addict will cause you many problems even for uh, for the parents and amongst their own personal relationship with each other that will create massive problems so I think uh, counselling support um, you know financial support in ways that uh, like for the education side of things that you could do things to kind of try and make the person feel they don't need to take drugs you know like taking them out somewhere or, or doing something sociable, doing something fun doing something that's associated with that person's interest and something about their passion yeah. Um, so finance is a major factor. Finance is a major, major problem. I think. Yeah. That's my okay. Opinion. So, so definitely, we need we need some support put in place for uh, for families. I know that the sister was yeah. in the scene was explaining to us earlier on that um, she does what's it called uh, groups where it's to support Muslim women and you know so yeah. you know because with Muslim women sometimes they don't want to mix with men and all That's that. True. So, sure. so they've got functions where they'll come together and it's all. Muslim women just coming together or, yeah. or BME women actually because yeah. she works in uh, the broader mm-hmm. sense so uh, they all get together and therefore according to someone's faith and everything they feel comfortable sitting in that environment and that's where they get support yeah. so they're there for like something else maybe sewing or some other activities but in the process of being there if they need support for, regarding anything or someone just to listen to them or understand them they've got that in that environment and uh, maybe that's something that we could uh, continue to work on. Yeah, um, that's that's fantastic that that's there for for uh, the women that are suffering because I think the reality is women suffer 
obviously they probably suffer more than the, the, the us guys suffer because uh, most of us guys are probably working and kind of turning you know just yeah, I'm, get I'm on with your life and really need, take we need that support, definitely. That's yeah. 100% right. That we, we can't deny that. So. Yeah, no, great. Um, and also, like, the fact that you were mentioning um, about um, those people getting them out and doing different things. You know, uh, we're talking about people who are maybe addicted. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing everyone would benefit from getting out. And yeah. Alhamdulillah, we've got organisations now within uh, Glasgow that are working within the Muslim community as well that were, that are getting people out whether it's trekking or hill walking or whatever, mm-hmm. they're getting them out cycling, wow. they're putting them in through exercise and stuff. So, Amazing. alhamdulillah, things are starting to Improve. change a wee bit. But it would be good uh, if if those organisations could work together with those who are trying to help addicts and, and maybe have them, if, th- if that's good for them as part of the recovery process, mm-hmm. if somehow they could work together and actually get people out in the open. Because again, We've got so many, so much knowledge, so much skill, so many great people, mm-hmm. so much resources, and so therefore, we don't. One group doesn't have to go off and set everything up separate. Yeah. If we can manage to work with each other, I'm sure we can. There are places where we, our agendas cross, yep. and it would be beneficial for both of us to work together. It would achieve both of our, uh, what's it called, goals. Whether that's getting more people out mm-hmm. into the countryside or cycling or whatever. Yeah. And at the same time, from the addiction aspect, trying to help people have a, a healthier Healthy lifestyle life. because that will help them inshallah in their recovery. So, so anyway, okay. So so what else do you think? Like I know one of the things the sister had mentioned was and this is probably quite a could could be seen as radical, but it might not be that <coughs> radical actually, which was having actually uh, support services that were completely BME, you know, okay. or mostly BME. So she was saying that down in uh, England, uh, they have BME uh, addiction services. So it's the same thing that you would get in a normal addiction service, only it's run for the BME community, so therefore it caters for their culture and needs and language and all that and faith. Do you think that's maybe going a bit too far? or? I think there there would be a slight moral question about it, because if you're in a a society or if you're in a, a community whereby the 90% are, are from BME community, and if you've got another 10% of Scottish natives, if they wanted that support and if they chapped at your door, would you refuse it? That's yeah. the, the, the awkward question that you'd, you'd have to deal with at one point, and I don't think we would, as Muslims, we would deny no. support to to natives, uh, but uh, I think that that's an important factor because the BME community don't really engage with services. That's the problem that you've got. In, there's this big fear thing about oh no, it's the authorities. You know, that's we're still living. Some of us do still do live in that culture, um. So having something that's probably exclusively for the BME community, it might be useful in some ways. Yeah. But then there's that moral question that has to be asked about what if somebody, and and would you? And it's not sort of you know use or, or allow the services to be used. Yeah, or or even if that that's a possibility, okay, and then uh, the other possibility is sort of almost been seen to be separate from everyone you know whereas um, there must be a, a middle ground a hybrid approach you know where we can have uh, a combination of both and I guess there probably will be times like for example if you if, if Islam is part of your recovery process then that's something that maybe you could go off and do yeah and and for someone else if uh, you know uh, maybe they're from another religion then they would mm-hmm. they would go off and do that so 
yeah, you can understand that there's certain parts where it would be helpful, Sorry. but yeah. maybe certain other parts where we could all join together. Yeah. Um, and but the sister did talk about bridging the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so between the the services that are out there right now, which are yeah. which are not necessarily BME, yeah. um, just mainstream, and how we could. Uh, and their organisation actually does that. They try and bridge the gap and, and refer people on and try and work together to help those organisations sort of diversify a bit. That's great. Um, so maybe that's something that we could we could look at. Yeah. Okay. And are there anything else that, that comes no, to mind? It's interesting because we spoke about earlier on, just before we spoke about the the BME exclusive charity thing. Uh, I think we spoke about <coughs> health and fitness yeah. and uh, physical exercise and, and stuff like that. Uh, spoke about cycling and the you know there could be groups that take people out cycling or running or whatever else it is and I think like that's a very very important thing that I think we need to consider because it's been scientifically proven the the chemical reaction in your brain from you know regular physical exercise is similar to that that you get from the abuse of class A drugs you know like uh, cocaine or heroin or ecstasy or all these other drugs that I don't think are, are so common amongst the commun- Asian community but they are still relevant there yeah. uh, I think even with, with uh, I don't know whether it's the same reaction you get from weed, but um, I think physical exercise is, is very important for us, and I think there should be more focus on that. I know that there's um, Soul Riders. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. I mean, I've been to their uh, their depot uh, a couple of times, and I love their 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 home. You know the way they function. I love it all. It's amazing. But uh, we should look at you know trying to get people to engage with. You know, doing physical exercise because it will help them massively. Yeah. And, and it definitely will. And that's it. And I guess that's also another part of the addiction, um, recovery, and uh, that that we also need to maybe talk a bit about well-being and what that mm-hmm. means, and especially mental well-being. Yeah. You know, and uh, exercise and uh, getting out. You know, fresh air and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, can really. Uh, help us greatly. Uh, I remember watching a, a documentary just recently, and it was about um, people, youngsters that were actually taking uh, tablets for anxiety. Okay. And unfortunately, the reaction was some people were actually. They're not saying it, they can prove it yet, but it's just showing that uh, it was actually giving them suicidal ten- tendencies. Oh God. And it's it's very common in America. Yeah. And it's becoming more common here, and as the doses were having to be increased, the anxiety was increasing, and people were actually attempting suicide, and some oh. actually did oh, commit suicide. And, and what they showed was an alternative that could be possible, and it involved, for example, going out into the um, countryside. Amazing. And it was doing simple tasks, because uh, that were like you know lighting a fire, yep. or putting up a hammock, or small things, but they found that there was a great... Uh, impact upon that pe- person's mental health uh, it really improved um, and that was the idea that um, you know sometimes it's, it's simple things you know we, maybe we have to look at our lifestyle and go is the reason that more people are getting addicted because of the way that we live and, and this, is there maybe a lifestyle change that we need is this healthy for us you know the way that we work and eat and drink and sleep and live our lives in these houses um, you know is that or is there another way? Definitely, I think that's a, a very valid, valid point you made there. Going out in the countryside is really good. I'll, I'll tell you a personal experience of mine. Uh, certain personal situations in my life uh, led me to a, 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 a charity called the Lilius Graham uh, Trust. Uh, I don't know if many people heard of it. It's very rare that you've heard of it. But um, 
that involved me going away out to the countryside and uh, it was like an assessment centre whereby they, they give you support and uh, um, it was amazing. It was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Uh, but uh, that involved going out in the countryside where there was horses and, you know, and the feeling of tranquility, yeah. nature, peace, and you weren't here in the city where you're, you know, hustling and... Yeah, and you're bombarded with yeah, it. Yeah, with all the artificial, you know, uh, things that are going on around us. But that definitely is something that's uh, very helpful. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. It's good to know that you that you had that experience as well. Um, but it's strange, isn't it, how that sometimes going back to the basics, back to nature, you know, really help a lot of people. You know, um, you'd be surprised, you know, and we're quite lucky where we are situated in Glasgow. Yeah. I mean, like, you get on a bus or a train or a car and, you know, you go out and within about 15, 20 minutes you're in countryside. You know, um, if you're a cyclist then you've got that ability, you know, you're a wee half an hour, 45 minutes and you're in the countryside, so... We've got all these things and maybe... And again, this is it. We didn't really get to touch on this on all the episodes, but there are there's so much out there that can be done to help people uh, in general, and also uh, people that are recovering from addiction. Um, and it's these simple things sometimes as well that make a real difference, you know. So, anything else you can think of? Um, no, really, just for anybody that's out there that, that is going through addiction right now, just to really man, you're not alone. It's a common thing. Many people are going through what you're going through. Um, you might think nobody understands you. The only way you can uh, get comfort is by, you know, uh, like your next joint or popping your next pill or taking your whatever it is, whatever you're going to be doing in terms of drugs or addiction. But I, I think just look within yourself and, and be confident and you can really recover from it. It's not impossible. I mean, the reality is it's, it's you are the change. Change is within you and you will get the support as long as you look for it and, and if you're honest with yourself you will definitely change it shall so um, there was another interesting thing right and we're going to go on to this again right and you can see my face changing so that you're laughing right um, being creative mm-hmm. right whether that's in poetry yeah right which could also be rap okay or <laughs> that's in um, writing poetry or whatever or stories, or uh, arts actually making, you know, pictures and things. I mean, they say there's a lot of therapy in that as well for people, you know. Um, And then maybe that's like, you know, that's something that, you know, especially the poetry aspect, it's something that is already kind of embedded in our religion. Mm -hmm. And even in our culture, like if people come from like Pakistan or Arab countries, I mean, poetry is like, you know, it's 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 part of the, yeah, I mean, (laughs) exactly, so, being able to sometimes express yourself and yeah. all this pent up frustration. Yeah. Um, imagine if we could have uh, groups where you know youngsters could come along and yeah. call it whatever you want, call yeah. it poetry or call yeah. it rap. Yeah. Yeah. But you can come together uh, and be able to express, express yourself your, creatively. Yeah. 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 Do you so think that would work? You know what? Uh, that's something that me I completely missed out, and I think that's uh, naive of me not to mention that because when you asked, there's something else. I think that is one of the most important things. I think for me, my personal life growing up, I think there was, you never really felt as if you could express yourself. Lack of self-esteem, lack of self-worth. You feel as if, oh, my views don't matter. Um, 
that spiraled downwards and it, it pushed me more into drugs. Uh, so definitely being creative, building your self-esteem and your confidence and, and getting the, the uh, that feeling can be very, very powerful and empowering. It can be really, really uh, rewarding as well, definitely. So I think uh, you are absolutely definitely right in what you said that there should be some, we should arrange some sort of group whereby people can be creative and rebuild themselves. Yeah, definitely. I, I suggested to definitely. Uh, Radio Ramadan mm-hmm. just a wee while ago. I said, uh, now, uh, for everyone that's out there as well, Radio Ramadan will, inshallah, soon be uh, running throughout the entire year. Um, and for, so they've got their licence. Um, so, inshallah, it would be good, I think, if we could get uh, all people that are into like, uh, being a bit creative to put together their own poetry, their own rap, or their own yeah. stories, and have that chance to come on and air it uh, and let people listen. Wow. I think it would be a good. It's a good therapy, and it also wow. be good. It's good entertainment as well. It'd be good to, to listen to people. I know down in England uh, they've got places where um, they have similar stuff. So it would be good to see something like that. That's a very very good idea. Definitely. Yeah. There you go, Rudy Ramadan. You heard it here first. Yeah, definitely. I'll be the first one on it. Uh, inshallah, that's <laughs> you. We record you just after this. We put you can you can have the five minute it's, it's at the, the end of the, the show with, with the two back instrumental in the back. Is that right? That's, the, that's <laughs> it. I can have yours, right? So no, alhamdulillah. So no, jazakallah khair. I think um, again uh, we've had a good four weeks now looking at different aspects of uh, addiction. And I know we laugh and we joke because yeah. I mean you're human and you know what you're supposed to do. You know I mean just um, you can't be depressed all the time. So the thing is that we know it's serious as well and it has effect. People lose lose their lives and families are destroyed. Um, but uh, inshallah, we need to kind of um, we need to kind of engage with this and yeah. and, and actually start thinking you know what can we do and, and the whole idea was of this show what these shows were not to say that you know we have got the answers you know we don't um but it was just to try and kind of delve into it a little bit and create a little bit of interest and a little bit of insight and hopefully the idea is inshallah sure. in the future we'll move forward um and now that the community knows about this and and possibly try and uh bring you know certain things into the community that will be helpful and time will tell inshallah um, if we're successful in this or not um, but I mean you've got to give it a try isn't it? we absolutely have to give it a try yeah. um, and I know sometimes especially in this type of field where it's addiction or something um, you don't always get the success there are a lot of sad stories of people yeah. who uh, they try and try but unfortunately they just don't make it and you know they lose their lives or their lives are destroyed yeah. or whatever and it's a shame but at least you, you tried your best yeah but what can also happen sometimes is that um you do see people that change their lives you know and it's and i guess as muslims we do it because it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. but if someone changes their lives obviously the satisfaction you get out of it is it, so huge and um i know it might fail for for some people, but but if it's working for some, it's definitely worthwhile yeah, doing. Definitely worthwhile doing. I mean, if you save one, that's more than enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, well so we talk about this, don't we? We say in the Quran, it's mentioned, you know, if you save, uh, meaning if you save right. a life, it's like saving the, the life of, of the whole of humanity. Right. So, so therefore, sometimes we might see that saving a life as something different, but yeah. this is also saving a life. 
you know, uh, if someone uh, is addicted and their life is headed towards, you know, an early death, you know, then uh, through uh, good efforts, you know, people uh, change their life around. Then isn't that saving a life? You know, it definitely is. You know what I mean. So uh, it's definitely something that we want the community to get more engaged in, and uh, inshallah, we've met. I've got to say I've met lots of good people now just in the process of putting these shows together uh, with lots of great ideas um, that inshallah we're going to try and uh, work together so we've got people from masjids that are happy to get involved, imams, we have uh, volunteers from the community, um, we have uh, people who are already supporting um, the BME community with regards to drug addiction mm -hmm. who've got lots of contacts within the addiction services um, and we've had people like yourself and that who've gone through it and as the sister was saying earlier on I mean you guys if you get into this work as well yeah. you know you're the best example for people because you're actually able to you were talking about role models yeah. but imagine being able to stand there and say look I, I was where you were mm -hmm. 10 years ago yeah. um, and I know where you're coming from I know what you feel yeah. but look look at me now mm -hmm. like, I think one of the really inspirational people that uh, I uh, I've listened to, and we talked about this in the first episode, was Russell Brand. Russell Brand, yes. I mean, what a guy. Obviously, he's so eccentric, and he's a comedian, and everything else, he's an entertainer. But, I mean, like when you listen to that person uh, talk about drug addiction, yeah. I mean, people that normally wouldn't even listen, listen to this guy. Yeah. And he's so relatable because he's he's been there. Yeah. He was addicted to it. Um, he got clean. He's been clean for now over a decade. And he's now putting effort into the into that place the uh, mainstream so to speak there yeah everybody he's making everybody can accept yeah, he's actually able be. to go to the decision makers yeah. And, yeah. and put his case and but also still be so relatable that he can actually meet the person that's addicted yeah. and still talk to them yeah not have and that bad ear or that oh he's a user no you know, because, because he's been through it yeah. yeah so i mean we need more people uh, inshallah. inshallah um and as they say you know um what's it called in in general that you know it's uh, every saint has had a past and every sinner has a future so you know if you if you think about it you know uh, who is who is there among us that have not um made mistakes none of us it's just the prophets that are protected peace be upon them all and us you know we're all sinners whether it's the imam delivering the friday prayer whether it's, uh, it's the, the person who's openly sinning in the middle of the street yeah. obviously different degrees of sin yeah. but we're all sinners yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, the prophet peace said exactly. the best of sinners are those who repent okay. and this is part of that repentance process yeah. as well sure. and um, and like this uh, as they say every sinner has a future you know that some of our great personalities uh, in islam you know their history uh, was addiction yeah. yeah that's true you know, their history that's was true. i mean like if you just look at like the sahaba radiallahu right. anhu May Allah be pleased with them all. In that society, there were so many people addicted to alcohol. That's true. You know, and uh, the Prophet peace upon him worked with that society and it got them through it and got them off of it. Um, so, so inshallah, you know, it's just the reason I'm saying this is just to encourage the um, uh, community um, that you know things can change. Like look yeah. at you know people who you know we used to look at the, the you know Sahaba and their lives prior to Islam were so bad That's right. but yet once they transformed and changed they became the best people now when we mention their names we say may Allah be pleased with them yeah. you know in the Quran Allah says that he's pleased with them yeah. and they're pleased with him 
you know, and where did these people come from? They didn't, you know, they weren't religious from the beginning. Yeah. They they had some very hard pasts, mm-hmm. but but through effort and uh, Allah's mercy and, and everything, they, they and the Prophet becomes effort. They changed. They changed definitely. And after this, we hear examples of people. I think it's um, Malik bin Dinar, uh, rahmatullah, a great pious person. Uh, if I remember correctly, he was addicted to um, wine, okay. and uh, he lost his daughter and really affected him. And and he had some sort of dream. And mm-hmm. uh, in any way, the, the the long and short of it is, he decided he was going to change his entire life. And now we talk about him as a great, you know, saint or scholar. And yet, where did he come from? You know, he was someone who was also addicted. So, for, for everyone who's out there, and I, and I do this sometimes when I'm at the, when I'm talking in my work, and I say to the, the young guys, I'm like, like, don't worry, man. I says like, hopefully in ten years' time, inshallah, you're going to be the, the imam of a mosque. Or you're going to be a scholar. Or you're going to be doing this great thing, that great thing. And they're looking at you as if, are you serious? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I mean, you with putting in putting answer. in the Absolutely. effort, Absolutely. inshallah, anything can be. Sure. Uh, achieved yes. so um, I, can, I guess like you know this is something we if we think about it you know um, it's about education it's about putting in effort it's about being guided yeah. and if you do all these things mm-hmm. okay it will be tough but inshallah if you stick to it and you're consistent inshallah you will come out the other end you will a yeah. better person definitely yeah. so uh, it's the, the month of Ramadan this is going out inshallah and I encourage everyone um, in these uh, special last 10 days that we are in at the moment ask Allah for forgiveness you know whatever's happened happened yeah. you know we you know if we were to ask our parents you know to forgive us you know in many times you know when you say that you know they'll say mm-hmm. already forgive you yeah you know you didn't need to ask it's already done mm-hmm. but when we ask that's what the response we get yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is many many more times more loving yes. to us and merciful yeah. than our parents so I mean, turn to Allah and, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness. And forgiveness is immediate. Inshallah, you ask for forgiveness now, you'll be forgiven now. Does it mean that you won't be an addict? No. That still takes work. But can you be forgiven immediately? Yes. So get the forgiveness, ask Allah for forgiveness, inshallah. Um, Because sometimes people, they beat themselves up so much and they they make themselves feel as if uh, there's no way, you know, that things can't become better, I'm condemned to hell and look what I've done. That isn't the case. You know, you are uh, able to get forgiveness from Allah. Um, All you do is ask, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so simple. Make that intention now that you want to change. Mm -hmm. And for this especially, uh, it's not necessarily going to work cold turkey. So so you need to seek advice, Advice. you know, um, it's more complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, So seek advice. Uh, inshallah from the right places and I encourage everyone inshallah. use the services that are out there yeah. at the moment yeah. you know even although uh, they're just mainstream services yeah. if you can benefit from them go and benefit okay. from them Definitely. you know when you go to your doctor you don't look at whether the person's Muslim or not so inshallah you can go and use these services mm-hmm. but in the future we do intend to try and make some effort within our community yeah. so that there are things that are more tailor made that, yeah. that, that might suit people yeah. uh, um, better um, but inshallah, have hope. I mean, this is what we live on. You know, we live on Definitely. hope. Definitely. Live on hope, inshallah, um, that your future will, inshallah, be better. Sure. Make du'a to Allah, um, but at the same time, seek the right. Uh, what's it called? Help. Um, yeah. I, I know a lot of people try to talk cold turkey. Mm-hmm. It might work for very few. Most it doesn't. Yeah. Please 
get out there inshallah and try and uh, seek some help and we pray that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for every single person that's struggling with any type of addiction and any type of problem and any type of sin that you know turn to Allah ask for forgiveness you know uh, make a decision that you're going to change now and and my advice is seek the help you know Definitely. both religiously spiritually you can get uh, support from people and at the same time seek support through these addiction services inshallah and remember it, there are so many different services out there if one doesn't work for you find another find another but keep trying inshallah and, uh, and i pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes you successful in that so jazakallah khair bra wahid man for giving me your time again and i hope that these shows have been benefit to people guys like yourself if you didn't come on uh, and contribute and this is not just to, to yourself but to everyone all the guests that have come on all the people that have supported behind the scenes whether it's been editing these programs or helping running the station and all the other support, everybody knows who they are. Um, I thank you all and I, and I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, rewards you all, inshallah.